You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone standing at State Farm Arena. Herter looks. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds, one. Trey's floater. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. You are now listening to the Hawks Beat Podcast with your host, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Edub, taking you on a journey of Atlanta Hawks basketball. We are presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network, and we are so grateful and delighted that you decided to come hang with us. For a little while as we talk some Atlanta Hawks basketball. And listen, if you're new to the show, if you're just coming in, welcome, welcome, welcome. Kick off your feet. Hey, you know what I'm saying? We we, we take bandwagoners. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) The Hawks have won seven in a row. Yes, that's not a a, a, a typo or misprint or anything that is incorrect. The Hawks have won seven in a row. Uh, taking down the Los Angeles Lakers today. And uh, let me just go ahead and set up the show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the game, what we saw at the game, a a packed house in Phillips Arena. Oh, not Phillips. (laughs) In State Farm Arena today. Uh, A lot of purple and gold in the building. A lot of purple and gold. Dare I say, it might have even been like 60-40, but... You know, listen, that's the Lakers. The Lakers are a national brand like the Cowboys, like the Steelers. So you don't really get too worried about, you know, stuff like that. But all that matters is that the Hawks and all those purple jackets and gold T-shirts <laughs> home with an L. Yes, <clears throat> Hawks played an excellent game today and uh, very, very it, it was a, a, a back and forth game all game man it it was back and forth and hawks did what they had to do 
in that fourth quarter to get the dub, man. And so if you are a Hawks fan, you have to be really pleased with how this team is playing. Um, Hawks get that dub 129 to 121. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the game, like I said earlier. Um, we're going to hear some fan feedback. And I have uh, some sound. I know <laughs> last podcast I was supposed to have some sound, but I didn't have some sound because I can be an idiot sometimes and I don't save the Zooms like I'm supposed to save the Zooms. But I got the Zooms today, so we're going to hear a little bit later from Nate McMillan. We're going to hear from Trey Young. We're also going to hear from John Collins and Anyeka Akangu. Uh, yeah, man, I got all four of them today. You know, I got all four of them today after I messed up last time. I said, let me hook my people up and make sure I get four sound bites for my people <laughs> so uh, we're gonna hear from those folks in the third segment and give our takeaways and, and this that and the other and uh that's how we're gonna get down man so um matinee matinee basketball today with the hawks and lakers a one o'clock start a one o'clock start and i know the players aren't really fans of one o'clock starts um there's not many of them but uh yeah, man, it is what it is. You know, you, you got to get out there and you got to do what you got to do. No LeBron James today, which is always a good thing if you're going for the Hawks. And um, I thought it was a very balanced game. I thought it was a very evenly matched game. The Hawks were seven and a half favorites, seven and a half point favorites uh, going into this game. And it's crazy. They won by eight. I don't know what those guys in Vegas do. I don't know how better set this line and how they're so good at predicting things like that. But, man, they're good. <laughs> they are good. <laughs> the last time these two teams met up was on January 7th. Uh, the Lakers getting the best of that matchup, 134 to 118. That was the Malik <laughs> the Malik Monk and A.V. Bradley game. Uh, Brian also had 32, but uh, they were just getting cooked by those guards. Uh, Monk finished the game with 29 in that meeting. And uh, I don't know what it, Malik Monk, man, he just, he just, you know, he likes playing against his Hawks team in the Laker uniform. And so uh, he had another good game today, but uh, it wasn't enough. <laughs> Lakers coming to town 9-14 uh, and 14 on the road. Uh, Hawks have uh, got their home record to above 500. Uh, they began the day at 13-11 at home. Uh, Lakers have, have been playing the best basketball. They were three and seven in their last ten. Uh, they're currently ninth in the West at twenty four and twenty six. So, like I said, man, this was an evenly matched game, right? Nate went with the starting five that he, that he's been going with uh, throughout the win streak: uh, Trey, Kev, Dre, JC, and Clint. And uh, Lakers countered with Russ, Bradley, Monk. Stanley Johnson in AD, a very short, uh, a very short lineup. And uh, that's probably why John Collins was eating so much at the beginning of the game. But um, let's take a brief. Oh, before we get into the numbers, um, real quick, real quick, real quick. Social media. Make sure you connect with us on our social media, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Hawks Beat. And uh, subscribe to the podcast, guys. Subscribe to the podcast to let you know when uh, we have things going on. And uh, we also would love for you to rate and review the podcast. Five stars are our friends. Uh, like my guy Bomani says, anything less than five stars, we are going to think that you are a hater. So let's take a look at the game, game flow, and talk about what we saw down at State Farm Arena. 
I thought earlier on in the game, the Hawks looked slow. Um, I thought the defense don't look stellar, but again, it's early. You have to account for the fact that they're playing at one o'clock. This team isn't used to playing at clock one o'clock. Uh, Lakers are a West Coast team. They're, they're really not used to playing at one o'clock. So I think that you have to kind of account for that. I think that's kind of what led to the slowest start. Um, Hawks were slow. Their defense didn't look good. But the Lakers were just a tad better. They were just a tad better. They were getting what they wanted to get. Anthony Davis was just scoring uh, easily. Like, I know he's a very talented player, but he was getting easy buckets. <laughs> um, John Collins was kind of cooking in that first quarter. Um, they were playing Stanley Johnson on him for a good part of that quarter um, when they were doing their switches. And a lot of times, uh, Stanley Johnson would be the guy uh, posted up against uh, John Collins. And I I remember a time when you had a 6'10 power forward, and if you had a 6'6 guy like Stanley Johnson, you're going to go to the well each and every time. And that's what I really wanted the, the, the Hawks to do. And John Collins, to his credit, very aggressive in that first quarter. Very aggressive. You're not going to find many games where you find John Collins take eight shots in the first quarter. He did that today. He took eight shots and made six of them. And I'm willing to bet. I don't know what the metrics are. I don't know exactly, you know, whatever. But um, I'm willing to bet that Stanley Johnson was pretty much the the recipient of all 12 of those points. (laughs) Now, on the other side of the ball, Anthony Davis... He was getting easy buckets. Malik Monk, like I said, man, he just he just likes playing against the Hawks. <laughs> That's just what it is, right? Uh, Malik and Anthony Davis both go for 11. Uh, I thought it was kind of a, a, a battle where both teams were just kind of, you know, just punching and counter-punching. Uh, you saw a lot of that throughout the whole game, to be honest with you. And um, the Hawks, even though they they didn't look as well as they did, the you know, during the, uh, the win streak, you know, during the past six games, they were doing just enough to stay in the game. As far as the rotations are concerned, Gallo was the first guy off the bench, Gallo and Kevin Herter. Um, <clears throat> the second unit had a good stretch and they didn't give up any ground. Ending the quarter with a one-point lead, I thought that was very important because we know in the past and we know the metrics and and, and the numbers of what this team looks like when Trey Young would go to the bench. Man, when I say things are totally different now, I, I'm starting to have confidence in this bench lineup. Starting to have confidence in this bench lineup. And they looked really good. They looked really good. And... uh let me pause for just a moment. Talking about looking good. Y'all, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are about to go to the Super Bowl. My God. I think they about to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, uh, it's a, I'm watching the game while I'm recording this. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Commercial time. That was commercial time. <clears throat> so, I was thinking while you know watching this game. I said, what makes this second unit so good? What makes it so good all of a sudden? In the beginning, the first first half of the season, they played like crap. They looked like crap. They didn't play together. Every time they got in, they were losing leads. What is it that makes them look so good? So on my notes, I wrote down all the guys in the second unit that were out there. And I was like, okay, so here, here's why I believe the second unit is playing so well. Number one, Lou Will. Lou Will is doing a great 
job, not a good job, a great job of putting pressure on the defense. What do I mean by putting pressure on the defense? He's driving the lane. He's getting to the hoop. He's making open shots. He's doing, he's putting pressure on the D. And what that does is it frees up the shooters and it allows him to create. I also tweeted this, the Lou Will to double O package is starting to become a thing. Lou loves playing with double O, man. And I'm telling you, they have a good chemistry on that second unit. Every time Lou's going to the hoop, going to the hole in the paint, he's looking for big O. He's looking for big O. So I think Lou was doing a good job pressuring the defense. You throw in a guy like DeLon, arguably one of your better perimeter defenders on that second unit. I would say he's probably the best outside of a Kongwu. He's a guy who's been playing really good defense, really solid, a really solid veteran that has been good for the Hawks all season. It's just that people kind of expected a little bit more from him, but he's been solid. He's been doing what he has to do. And I really liked what you've been getting out of DeLon Wright. This team's been playing better, and it's uh, you know he's a big part of that on the defensive side of the ball. Now, here's where things get interesting. Bogey. You throw Bogey into that second lineup. <clears throat> you have instant offense. You have a guy that can create. <clears throat> and you have a second playmaker. And everybody knows Bogey can get hot. You know what I mean? Like, he can get hot like the microwave, Vinnie Johnson, for all you old heads that have been watching basketball for a long time. If Bogey gets hot, man, like, good luck. Good luck stopping him. But um, so you got those three guys on the wing down low. You got Gallo, a vet with a deep offensive bag. He's even been playing better defense. He's even been playing better defense. And then you throw in Big O. What can you say about Big O, Double O, Kongu, whatever you want to call him? What can you say about this dude? Defensive anchor with soft hands who can finish. Man, Travis got this one right. He got this one right. And for everybody that was talking about Big O, I see you. I see you. (laughs) Y'all remember the folks that was talking about Big O last year when he was struggling. He was trying to find his way. And uh, salute to that young man. Salute to that young man. And while we are saluting them, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Clap it up to the Bengals. Clap it up to their fans. Uh, great game, great season. All right, another commercial. So that was just kind of how my breakdown is as far as the second unit is concerned. Going back to the game, I'll say this about the Lakers. Lame- I, mean, I was about to say, I was about to call him LaMelo. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony is very good still at getting buckets. He's good at getting buckets. Uh, in my notes, I said, you know, Close games, but both teams are in a bonus. And in the second quarter, I thought the game started to drag a little bit. Uh, Trey Young was very frustrated because of the no calls. And it was some terrible calls that were just not called that should have been. It it was obviously frustrating him. Uh, He picks up a tee. But I thought more importantly, uh, the team was off. And when Trey, this team is going to go as Trey goes. And when he allows that stuff to get to him, it affects the team. So um, they didn't close out the quarter very well, in my opinion. And so you're going into the halftime now um, down 71 to 62. 
Uh, you got outscored 38 set 28 in that second quarter. And I, I, I believe that the separation happened toward the end of the second quarter. So uh, you start to dig yourself a little hole because you allowed the refs. You allowed everyone to get you off your game. Right. Um, but, you know, like I say, there's four quarters of basketball. Never take any stock in these leads. And uh, you still got the third quarter and the fourth quarter to play. Third quarter is typically Trey Young's quarter, but uh, I thought the Lakers did a good job of keeping the Hawks at bay. Um, both teams kind of shot the ball. Well, the Lakers shot the ball better from three. They were five of ten, and uh, <clears throat> the Hawks were two of nine. But uh, the score in that third quarter was 30 to 29 in favor of the Lakers. And in the third quarter, I was like, you know, Hunter's been kind of quiet. But as soon as I said that, um, I just started noticing like Hunter just had a really blue collar game. He really just had like a blue collar game. And look, not all five guys are going to be cooking every single game. Right. Uh, sometimes John is going to be cooking. So John is cooking. Obviously, the buckets are going to go to John. And, you know, Hunter's not going to have to do as much. So uh, I thought the Hunter still had some big buckets. He had one one basket where. He drove the lane and, and hit like a running lefter, like a left-handed uh, drop shot. I'm like, yo, man, this dude's not even left-handed, <laughs> right? I um, thought he had a blue, real blue-collar game, but I thought he had a really nice game and uh, contributed to um, the Hawks' success. What we get down to is the fourth quarter. Uh, fourth quarter, Hawks enter the fourth quarter down 101 to 91. They got a lot of ground to make up. Um <clears throat> And I'm going to tell you this, as much as folks love to bang on Nate McMillan and his rotations, that brother has been hitting these rotations out of the ballpark. Uh, they always talk about his adjustments and him not being able to adjust. He bought Trey in about a minute and a half early that he normally he usually brings Trey in about the eight minute mark, eight and a half minute. He bought Trey in about 9.30. He brought him in a little bit early because he's like, yo, man, we got a little deficit and we got to get we got to get some offense going. So um, the decision to bring in Trey early, the decision to play Anyeka Okongu all 12 minutes and the decision to go with Bogey all 12 minutes when the fourth quarter, I thought that was big. I thought that was coaching. Right. Uh Trey had a 13-point fourth quarter. He starts to get going, hit some big shots down the stretch. And Okongu, 6-for-6, 12 points in that fourth quarter. He was a plus 18. And, I mean, I used to do player of the game last last season. If I had a player of the game, it would be on Yeka. It would be on Yeka Okongu because being in the right place, doing the dirty work, Ding up Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis in that fourth quarter had five points and one rebound in nine minutes of play. He was a negative 13. It is no coincidence that Big O was in his chest. Big O was in his chest. And let's call it what it is. Let's give that man his flowers on this day because Big O did what he had to do against a, a perennial all-star, an NBA champion, Anthony Davis. 
And I'm telling you, Anthony Davis, he's a dude. If you get rough with him, if you bang with him, he's going to back up and cower. Because he's not about that banging life. He's just not. So, salute to Anyeka, Trey with the 13 points in the quarter. And they just made big plays. Bogey made some big shots. And you overcome the 10-point deficit. You outscore the Lakers 38-20. to And, uh, listen, you outscore the Lakers by 18 in the fourth quarter? Come on, man. Come on. That's some good basketball. That's some good basketball. You hold the Lakers to 20 points after each period. You don't had you don't gave up 33, 38, and 30. And then they decide, you know, we're going to lock these dudes down. And they did it. That's what's scary about the Hawks. And that's what is frustrating about the Hawks in the beginning of the season because you knew that they had this type of potential. John Collins kind of alluded to that, and we'll hear that uh, in the next segment. But... Uh, yeah, man. Good win for the Hawks. 129 to 128. I mentioned Trey and I mentioned the Kongu. Uh Trey finishes with 36 and 12 assists. Um, good night for him. John Collins, a good night at the office. Everybody played good tonight. Clint, 15 and 9. Uh, I did want to mention this before we get into the fan feedback and hear from some of the players and coaches. Clint Capella didn't look right to me. Um, somebody tweeted me and was like, yo, is he injured? I was like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 at the time he tweeted me, I was like, I don't know. But he's, he, hasn't, he wasn't on the injury report. But he didn't look like himself. He didn't look like he had that burst, that lift. And after one dunk, I saw him kind of lipping on that ankle. So to me, like, it's nagging. It's nagging. It may not be enough to keep him out. He may, you know, he may have to sit next game and rest. But um, I would monitor the Clint Capella situation. The unfortunate thing with big men, once those injuries start to come, they come, Jack. Like they come. So um, going to monitor that. And I saw him limping after one of those buckets. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll keep you guys posted on that from anything that we hear. Um, so yeah. Let's take a brief pause and let's get into some of this fan feedback and hear from some of the coaches in our final segment. After each game, I always ask, you know, what are your thoughts or takeaways after the game on our Twitter? And uh, I do fan feedback, but I'm going to kind of breeze through that a little bit because I want to get to uh, the sound from the guys and from Nate after the game. Um I thought it was very, I thought they had some good stuff to say. So I definitely want to get to all four of those uh, things. But tonight after the game, uh, just some of the things that folks were saying about their player of the game. Um, let's see. Somebody said double O. Um, I had three votes for double O. Um, let's see. Who was DJ Food and Drink said way to fight back. And a healthy squad can beat anybody in the East. I agree. I agree. When they're clicking on all scales, uh, when they're clicking on all cylinders, they can uh, beat anyone. Um, I am DJ Yogi said, I love how they're playing ball. Bogey made some passes I didn't think he could make or wouldn't make earlier this season. Uh, he said, Bogey's his player of the game because he didn't force his way back into the lineup. He just fit himself into what was working. I agree. Uh, I really like uh, Bogey coming off the bench 
and uh, I thought he's been a tremendous asset with that second unit. <clears throat> with that being said, let's go in here. Uh, here's some things about what Nate McMillan had to say after the game. Here is, uh, let's see what this thing is. All right, here's a, here's a quote from Nate after tonight's game. Trey, in the first half, it, it seemed like he was a little frustrated with the physicality of the game. Did he feel like he settled down in that second half? I thought, I thought again, Trey uh, and the team settled down in the second half. And, uh, you know, I thought we really uh, did a good job of, uh, you know, just, you know, focusing on the three C's in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, being calm. You know, we were down 10 and uh, not, you know, pushing a panic, but we knew what we had to do. Uh, we had to get stops, and uh, we were able to do that. And uh, we started to score the ball. You know, so I thought, you know, uh, Trey, uh, we all were playing, uh, as I call it, emotionally drunk in that first half. Uh, just, uh, you know, a lot of random play. And uh, I didn't feel like we, any of us knew what we were doing or, or in, and we were just turning the ball over. So uh, good job of adjusting, settling down in that second half, and, uh, you know, finding a way to win this game. So uh, <laughs> Nate was saying that, hey, we were emotionally drunk. And, and I think that's kind of a term for saying like, like we, were, we were getting too into, like, uh, the referees and worrying too much about that. But um, I think there is something to that. It's funny because uh, after Nate came, Trey did the same. Trey came in next, and uh, somebody asked him about the emotionally drunk comment. And Trey was like, nah, I don't necessarily agree with that. So here's what Trey had to say in response to the emotionally drunk comment. Team, you know, like the Lakers, I know Nate was just in here and he said he felt the first half you guys are playing, he said, emotionally drunk. Would you agree with that? And, and I guess, you know, how did you like how you guys finished it out there? Uh, we can agree to disagree. Me and Nate, we do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> we have a, it's, it's good. It's good. Everybody agrees. You and me, one of the, one of the people. So, I think uh, I think sometimes we, we disagree. I disagree with that. I think uh, my emotions my emotions with with certain people uh, start with other people most of the time. And uh, so, when Tony Brothers mentions to me how many years he's rep this league, I don't give a damn. So um, that just that just gets me gets me fired up in motion. And uh, I don't think I'm emotionally drunk. I'm just uh, competitive, and uh, I think it just brings the best out of me and my teammates, and uh, it goes for me good. I will say this. I think that both of them are kind of right. I'm kind of in the gray area. I think that um, Trey is right. He he, he is um, emotionally vested in it. He wants to win. He's a competitive competitor. I wouldn't say it brings out the best in him because <laughs> at the moment it wasn't bringing out the best of him. It, at the moment, uh, they were not playing championship basketball. Now, it evidently did in the second quarter. So maybe you could say that was the beginning of it. But, uh, yeah, at the moment, it, it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And Nate is coming from the standpoint of, look, man, you got to play under control the whole game. And so I think there's value to what both guys are saying. You just got to kind of read in between the lines. And, again, there's not, you know, listen. Like like Trey said, you're not gonna agree on everything, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like this is no beef. It just kind of is what it is. Uh, let's hear from John Collins. Here's what he had to say about tonight's game. 
do you feel like in these past couple of weeks that you've shown everybody that you know this is the the kind of team that you guys expected to be coming into the season? Yeah, for sure. I think you know not only have we proven it to ourselves, but we've proven it to you know the, the general media. I hope, right? You know, as we continue to play well and, and you know win games, um, I feel like it's why we were frustrated ourselves because we were underachieving. So I uh, just feel like you know coming together, doing what we need to do, making smart plays, and uh, we're gonna win games. So we just gotta. I hunger down, as I said, do the, the right things. Yeah, so John was saying, look, man, like, this is why, like, this is who we should have been, you know, and this is why it was frustrating in the beginning because we knew uh, <clears throat> that we were capable of it. You know, we were new, we knew that we were capable of it, and uh, we were just uh, underachieving. Uh, last but definitely not least, I want to hear play a little bit of sound from uh, Anyaka Kangu, and uh, here's a little bit about what he had to say after today's game. Oh, you guys won the fourth quarter, thirty-eight twenty, and I think it was twelve of your twelve of your points overall came in the fourth. Was there anything that changed in that fourth quarter for for you and the team, or was it just like finding a rhythm? Um, really came down to playing defense. You know, they had thirty, more, I mean, over thirty points in the first three quarters. We, knew we, had, we had to lock in on defense. That's what we did in the fourth. And offensively, we just want a rhythm. You know, 38 points, you know, most of the time, you know, when you game, it happens in the fourth quarter. I was going to ask, actually, like, what does it say about this team that you guys have been able to, to buckle down and get some get some gritty wins um, that maybe in the first half of the season you, you weren't getting? Um, we just know that now that we have a taste of win games, no matter how much we're down, no matter how the game's going, as long as we log in, as long as we know how to play, we can beat anyone. I think those words sum it up, sum it all up. You know, um, this team is playing winning basketball. And just my takeaway it is no different from what it's been for the last seven podcasts. Uh, this team is playing basketball the right way. They are playing in a, uh, a very high level defensively. And it, the sky is the limit. Like, the sky is the limit. And I don't think that there's they can compete with anybody. When they're playing like this, they can compete with anybody. So, you know, I'm not going to put a cap on what this team can be or can't be. But for today, they were the better team. They got it done. And uh, you got no turnaround because you got a back-to-back with a, uh, a Toronto team coming in tomorrow, and that is going to be a dogfight. So for today, today's a good day. You get your dub, you put it in your pocket, and you keep going. So, um, yeah, I, that's it, folks. So thank you for checking out the Hawks Beat podcast. Make sure to check out our uh, social media, subscribe to the pod. And uh, like we always say, man, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. So if you don't know him, you need to find him and show him love because that is all he is showing you. L-O-B-E love. We out. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.